Welcome to the Rocks and Roots podcast. You are treated to another solo episode as Tumbles is still on the other side of the fucking planet. Um, the Tour de Mont Blanc is completed, by the way. She has survived, so upon return, we will do a very special episode. But, since this is a hiking podcast, I figured we better talk about some fucking hiking. So, I woke my happy ass up at 12 a.m. on Monday morning, and I went on a hike. So, today... We are going to talk about the Old Rag Mountain Loop. This is a nine, (coughs) all trail says nine miles. It's actually 10.4 mile loop around Old Rag Mountain, which is in the northern Shenandoah, but on the very eastern side, a part that I had never been to before. So this is a lesson in getting lucky and just trying new things. I don't want to do Appalachian Trail stuff without my hiking partner because that's an adventure that we started together. The weather in both the Whites and the Adirondacks was not looking so great. So I just went on the internet and I just looked up... Um, you know, best hikes in Virginia, and this popped up. So I said, you know what? I will try something new. I will give it a shot, and it paid off. This trail is fucking amazing. So, as I mentioned, 10.4-mile loop, elevation gain of 2,664 feet. The mountain itself is approximately... 3,200 odd feet of elevation. I did it in four hours and 48 minutes. I could have shaved some of that down, but I was taking pictures every two seconds. You will see lots and lots of pictures of this on Instagram. The closest town that I could tell looking on the map is Nethers, Virginia. So as I mentioned, I woke up at 12 a.m. I was supposed to do a hike last week, but I couldn't wake my happy ass up, overslept. I was supposed to do this hike on Sunday, but I overslept again. Um, I've been, work has been picking up. I've been doing some other things, just kind of... not in the greatest place and just seeing this I was my attitude about this was I need to do a hike but not because I want to do a hike I need to do a hike for the podcast um that so I was treating it like a job and it is very very important for us all to remember that this hobby it's not just a job it's a fucking adventure I really hope that that came out. Um, If y'all haven't seen the movie The Rookie with Clint Eastwood, go check that shit out. That's where that clip is from. But that is really good advice. This is supposed to be fun. It is supposed to be an adventure. And this trail 
reinvigorated that for me. So I did manage to wake my happy ass up. And um, just starting off, it was great just to drive for four hours and 54 minutes by myself. Lots of time to catch up on podcasts, listen to music. Um, I've been playing around with Instagram reels because I still refuse to do the TikTok thing. I know that Instagram reels is the same fucking thing, but I don't know. In my head, I'm not doing TikTok, even though I kind of am. So I did... Instagram reels about my breakfast burritos. When I got to the trailhead, this trailhead is gorgeous, by the way. Um, The National Park Service has redone the parking lot. Um, It is a very, very well-traveled trailhead, a very well-traveled trail. Very crowded, which was actually a good thing. I will explain why in a bit. But to accommodate that, they have plenty of parking. It is easy to access. There is a fee. I have no idea what the fuck that fee is because I have the National Parks Gateway to America Pass that Tumbles and I share. So I brought that, put that in the window. And um, that covers entry fees into every national park um, in the United States. It doesn't cover tours, though. So that's a distinction, and that's how they will get you. It doesn't cover parking fees. So, for instance, Sandy Hook, New Jersey, the pass doesn't work. So you have to be careful because... Even though you pay 80 bucks for this thing for a season, they're still going to try and get double, triple money out of you. Despite the fact that we all pay taxes for this shit. So, right away in the parking lot, as George Carlin has said, the great George Carlin, do you ever notice how many fucking stupid people you encounter on a daily basis? Right away in the parking lot, Guy comes up, no map, no app, no anything, asking me, what do I know about the trail? Where is the trailhead? How long is the trail? So I smiled. I I put on my happy face, and I was a good trail steward, and I helped him out. I explained um, it's approximately a 9.6-mile loop. Because I was going off of all trails, which lies. Um, He had nothing on him, so I made him take... I pulled up my all trails map that I had downloaded. By the way, no cell service in the parking area, in the surrounding town. Uh, There is no cell service on this hike until you get two miles up the mountain. So be aware of that. I made him take a picture of the all trails map that I had downloaded. So first two miles, let's get into this and review this thing. First two miles are very easy. They are uphill, but it is gradual. And since this trail was built in the south and not by the Adirondack Mountain Club, there are lots of switchbacks. So that was very pleasant. I was actually a little bit worried because it was so easy 
for the first couple of miles, I was like, um, what am I going to talk about on the podcast? Because this is a literally a stroll in the Virginia woods here. But then the fun begins. I'm going to pull up some pictures and go through so I have a reference as we're going through. So once you get about two miles in, you start to encounter what makes this trail one of the best hikes in Virginia, one of the absolute must-do hikes in Virginia. So you encounter an overhang, a shelf. Um, <clears throat> I will post a picture of yours truly. You'll get a nice shot of my ass going through this shelf. You basically, you almost have to belly crawl to get through this shelf. So I was like, oh, that's cool. If, you know, that's the most I see today, that's that's technical and kind of cool. That'll be interesting. That's just where it begins. Um, you then come to your <clears throat> first Fault Summit, which in and of itself provides an amazing view. It's a fantastic Fault Summit. I took the opportunity to stop, look over the Shenandoah, and enjoy a delicious Pop-Tart. So you keep going on the loop, and the trail is really obvious. You cannot get lost on this trail. So the guy with no map that I helped out really lucked out because there is the trail is very obvious it is very well blazed and just the way it is physically laid out there's nowhere else you can go but the trail so keep going on the loop and then you come to um i was stunned i was absolutely thrilled you come to a spot where the trail literally drops you down a hole you have to chimney down. For those of you that don't know what chimneying, chimneying is, um, think of every mountain climbing movie that you have seen where someone has wedged themselves between two walls and is kind of skirting down uh, using all fours <clears throat> like Spider-Man, like they're back against one wall, their feet against the other, and they're lowering themselves or climbing up that way. So the trail requires you to do that to move forward. You can't do, you can't get through this spot unless you wedge yourself between these two rocks and chimney down. It's fucking fabulous. I will post. You will be amazed. Um, you are then treated <clears throat> to yet another fantastic view of the Shenandoah as you are literally crawling between two massive rock walls and underneath a boulder. The trail then takes a sharp left and off to your right is a cliff face. Um, lots more scrambles. You then come into a cave like this, this trail, this section of the park is literally a playground. I have probably 60 photos from this uh, short day hike alone. <clears throat> so going forward, um, there is another section between two walls that you kind of have to turn sideways 
and whoever designed this is a genius because they put in stairs, uh, but you cannot walk through this section. You have to turn sideways and kind of squeeze your way through. And as you are going up, um, you're climbing over ledges. I had to put my poles away. Do not use trekking poles on this hike. You do not need them. In fact, they got in my way. I wish that I had left them behind. <clears throat> because eventually, you will have to pack them up and put them either in your pack or strap them to the outside of your pack. And it's just more weight. And as you are pulling yourself up over ledges, um, the less weight, the better. There was a point where I had to take my backpack off, throw it up over my head to the ledge above me, and then climb and pull myself up four points of contact. Um, just, it is really, really difficult to describe. Uh, this is the most technical, not the most difficult, but the most technical uh, hike slash climb that I have done. And it's not because of the heights. None of these technical aspects where you're chimneying or pulling yourself up on ledges are really high. It, but it's just that you have to do those technical moves just to get through and get to the next section of the trail. So I'm going through my pictures to see if there's anything else that is noteworthy before I move on and talk about some other things. Okay, good. So as I mentioned, the trail is very crowded, especially since I did this on Labor Day. <clears throat> but that is a good thing because this is probably a trail I should not have been doing alone. Um, just because it is so technical. If I had fallen, twisted my ankle, gotten hurt in some way, I was very glad that there were so many people around. And I made sure to <clears throat> kind of make friends with the people that were around me. I had my own little, and I can't believe I'm going to use this word, I had my own little tramley for the day. I was leapfrogging two different groups. Uh, there was a young lady, I would guess she was about in her 20s, with her sister, who I would guess was about 14. Um, so I made sure to <clears throat> uh, be kind of nice and kind uh, since I knew that I was going to be leapfrogging them throughout the day and it was a pleasure to see yet another young person, this kid, so interested in being out there and just having a blast. It melted my cold, cold heart. The other group that I was leapfrogging with and kind of sticking around throughout the day um, was a married couple, uh, again, very friendly, and since I was alone, I made sure to, and this was the most technical thing I had done, I made sure to kind of reach out to these people, a good icebreaker, um, because this is important, if you know that you're going to be around 
a group of people for the day. Don't be the silent, standoffish asshole. A, it's just good to be friendly to people. And B, you know, if I had gotten hurt, I was glad that I had kind of established a least surface level relationship with these people a good icebreaker um is if you have an app that has information about the trail that's a fantastic icebreaker to open a conversation with people so we were at one of the fault summits there are about three fault summits and these guys were were looking out so i had my peak finder app which identifies um, peaks that you're looking at. You hold it up and it matches the terrain with its database and it comes up and it says, this is this peak. <clears throat> so I was doing that and it was really cool because I was looking to the west and I was looking at the pinnacle, Mary's Rock. Um, High Knob, The Peak, Rattlesnake Mountain. And those of you who are recognizing those names, those are peaks that are along Skyline Drive and the Appalachian Trail. So it was fantastic to see those peaks from a completely different angle. I didn't realize that the park was as wide as it is. I thought that the park was just Skyline Drive and a couple hundred yards on either side. Uh, no, there's a bit, it is still a long and narrow park, but there is more to it than I thought. So, <clears throat> pull out the peak finder, was able to look at all of these peaks, and um, it's worked as a great icebreaker opener to introduce myself to these people. Um, and then as I was leapfrogging them throughout the day, you know, we were chatting and you have a kind of built-in safety net that way. So the summit is actually not that impressive compared to some of the fault summits, but, you know, get credit for it. Like I said, approximately 3,200 some odd feet um, any summit that you make, you feel accomplished. And the last five miles are just a joy. Um, there is a little bit more actual single track trail going down some rocks, but it's really not that bad. And then you hit a fire road. My legs and knees were kind of shot from the technical shit uh, going up. But um, if I had been in just a little bit better shape, I probably could have done a really, really nice trail run. It's a really fantastic way to end a very, very technical hike. Just walking along this really nice, flat um fire road with a very very gradual downhill to kind of coast into the end since i was by myself um and that is something that i did notice i don't often hike by myself so i was kind of noticing the contrast um 
when Tumbles and I are hiking, we are talking, we are laughing, we are noisy. Wasn't noisy because I was by myself. I heard and saw a lot more than usual. Um, not saying I want to do every hike a solo hike, but I think I'll start doing this a little bit more. Um, just going out by myself. So I saw lots of crows. Not sure what that was about. I had not seen as many crows as I had uh, on this particular hike. Heard a lot of woodpeckers, both peleated, which are the big-ass foot-long suckers, and um, some other smaller woodpeckers. Plants. I got three. So the woodland sunflower. It looks like a typical sunflower, but it is just a lot smaller. Um, it's seeds you can use if you harvest it uh, and put it in your garden. You can use its seeds to attract birds if you are into bird watching and uh, attracting birds to your garden. Uh, it is also extremely difficult to kill. It grows up at higher elevations in the mountains, so it is a very, very hardy plant. Uh, it's impossible to kill this thing. So it would be perfect for people like me who um, plant things and then kind of forget to water and do things and then they die. Mountain laurel um, is everywhere along the Appalachian Trail. The green tunnel is made up of mountain laurel. Tumbles and I identified this uh, plant a couple years ago. You see it everywhere. It looks like rhododendron, but it is not. It is mountain laurel. It has a very pretty white flower, and every part of the plant is poisonous, so it is invasive. It is poisonous. Don't fuck with it. And then um, lots of white ash up in the mountains, so white ash a tree. Um, its wood is used for things like baseball bats. Um, that is kind of a short episode. I am only at 22 minutes here, um, and I think I'm actually going to wrap it up. No trail talk, because I was solo by myself. Um, but I cannot recommend this trail enough. Uh, definitely a five out of five. I will be posting lots and lots of pictures. Uh, I want to give a shout out to a couple of our guests that we have had on. Um, I, we appreciate every single listener, but our guest in particular, uh, Tina completed a climb of Mount Washington. I'm not sure if that was her first, but she did do uh, definitely a Mount Washington climb, so congratulations. And then Bear Box is moving along into Vermont. Uh, if you check out her Instagram, she's got some really good reels and good photos. And then Chris is just 
fucking everywhere. I think they had two hikes and summits a mountain every goddamn day. So <clears throat> shout out to our previous guests. They're all doing amazing things. I am in contact with two other people that are probably going to make an appearance. One of them is going to be very, very special and very, very interesting. Um, but I want to wait for uh, Tumbles to get back um, so that we can both interview these people, and I'm particularly looking forward to the one. So that's really it. Um, just as always, this is therapy. Like I said, I went into this thing thinking this is a job. This is, I'm doing this just so I have something to talk about on the podcast. I had a couple of false starts where I had planned things, but it didn't work entirely my own fault. But once you get out there and do it, it, it's amazing. And my attitude completely changed and turned around. Um, oh, that's what I wanted to talk about. So I was listening to The Art of Manliness. Remember when I said I was going to wrap up? Yeah, I fucking lied. I was listening to The Art of Manliness podcast, uh, which I can't recommend enough even for you ladies they um it obviously is a podcast geared towards men but they talk about things that are of interest to everybody and the gentleman on there was discussing a book that he had written um called how to be a man in our lousy modern world and basically discussing how Everything in, it was written in the 90s, and it's really, some things have improved, but overall, um, his thesis is even more relevant in the 21st century. Everything about our modern world is designed to, not necessarily purposely, it's, it's just kind of the way that things have worked out, although on some level, I do think that it is a purposeful plan. <clears throat> it's designed to... make everything easy and to um on some i'm trying to be careful with my words which i really shouldn't it's designed to emasculate men if you think about it from the time that you were in school the way school is set up it's set up for girls to succeed and not for boys um boys do not do well if you don't allow them rough and tumble play if you don't allow recess and you tell them to sit still for six to eight hours it's just not a good environment for boys and then young men to succeed which is why boys really don't start doing well until eighth ninth tenth eleventh high school and then even then um it can be tricky and, you know, just our political correctness, you are not allowed to say certain things. Um, some of the other examples that they were using, we don't plant or grow our own food anymore. Uh, we don't need to work with tools anymore. So a lot of men don't. It's even if you are technically apt, you really can't even work on your own car anymore because there's so many computer components. It's just many people, both women and men, live this 
sedate lifestyle of ease that is anxiety inducing because you're in this sedate lifestyle you're watching the news you are uh, going on facebook on twitter it's just it's not people have lost skills it's just not a good situation for anyone particularly men and they were talking about how what this author was doing to combat that so things like um starting to grow more of his own food which i dabbled unsuccessfully in this summer but i have a plan to fix that uh learning a martial art which i am doing and then just having experiences and adventures um so this guy was talking about hiking in nepal and and all over the world and the conclusion was the more things you can do to get out of this 21st century work eat sleep tv sleep work eat tv cycle the better and just getting out there and doing things builds confidence i have noticed this in my own life over the last four years since I started running, since I started hiking. Um, you know, I've lost a tremendous amount of weight. I've done things that just talking to family members, I was discussing, you know, going on this hike. Um, I had a birthday recently, not too thrilled about. So I had a lot of phone calls from people that I normally don't hear from, you know, asking what I've been doing. So when I talk about you know, climbing Mount Washington, uh, getting up and driving five hours to Virginia to hike in the Shenandoah. Um, people think that I am crazy. They're like, wow, that's so amazing. Like, how can you do that? And at this point, it's just normal. It's, it's just what I do. That has led to other things. Um, you know, I've done a marathon. I'm like I said, I'm I'm learning a martial art, and it breeds confidence. And then you start to notice that people around you see you differently, and it fosters um, respect. So, everyone listening to this podcast, all of our guests, I'm sure you can relate as you have done more summits and have done more hiking it changes you from the inside. Uh, Jordan Peterson talks about this. We have an innate need to explore, to go out into unknown places. And I think that people that don't do that explains a lot of the increased anxiety that we see in our society because you are you're fighting your nature. We are designed to explore and to confront new things. And as you do that, you are literally building new pathways, new neurons in the brain, and you are rebuilding yourself from the inside out. And it, it's absolutely true. And this podcast and getting up and, and forcing myself to do something that was amazing this weekend reminded me of that. So that is your philosophy and lecture portion of the podcast for today. I think I have rambled enough. 
uh, follow on the Instagram. Please give us uh, five-star reviews if you are liking what you are hearing. Uh, if you actually write a review and throw your um, social media in there, either your Twitter or your Instagram, um, we'll read that shit out. We'll start stealing what um, Trail Tales used to do. Seemed to work for them, so we're going to fucking steal it. That's all I've got for today. Have a good fucking day, my friends.